Hello guys and welcome back to the Triple F podcast. You guessed it, I am feeling fine, fresh and fucking fantastic. Uh, literally day one fresh out of the RFL. So I don't actually know how fresh, fine and fucking fantastic I'm actually feeling. But you know me, doesn't matter what, what day, what time, what year, what the situation is. I'm always fine, fresh and fucking fantastic. And if you're not, just fucking tell yourself you are, because you will just be in a much happier place. Um, but today's podcast, I thought I would come and give you guys a little bit of an in-depth wrap-up of what the RFL was, why I did it, um, what the circumstances were around it, a little bit of the, the nitty-gritty side of it, um, and also some take-homes as well, and, and my general kind of like opinion on it, and whether or not it has a place for... Um, a prep bodybuilding or in your own sort of um, journeys. So I think the biggest thing for me and and the question that I know Joe has always had uh, from this as well, is this the new exciting 2023 way of starting off a prep? Have we found like this new magical potion to kick off the optimal prep? Or are we just looking for uh, a nuanced style of prep um, to get Instagram hyped. It's neither. <laughs> it's absolutely none of those. It is um, a tool that we used given the circumstances and situations that we were in. And it's something that worked very fucking well given the circumstances that we had. So <clears throat> obviously my um, competitive season was always planned for 2023. We were always looking to compete in September. The periodization was in place. We had massing block after massing block after massing block. We had maintenance, we had a deload, and then we had prep. However, as well as you can program something, as well as you can write the program and, you know, in hindsight, have it there ready to stick to, sometimes life doesn't always work that way. Now, as robotic as I am, as dedicated to the plan as, you know, as, as much as I you know, wind me up, program me, off me go, I will stick to the plan as much as possible. Sometimes there are spanners that happen or like little hiccups that happen along the way. Now, what happened in this situation, I'm not sure if many people remember, but um, it was probably, like thinking about this now, four, eight, maybe like 10 weeks ago. So it's probably just before I moved to Northampton. I was suffering quite badly with um, sickness, nausea, dizziness, passing out migraines, uh, visual impairment. Um, I genuinely was in an absolute shit state. Um, I'm not quite sure as to what or where it came from. Um, I've never had migraines or anything in my life. Um, and this, this went on for about six weeks. Every day I woke up with a migraine, the dizziness, the nausea, vertigo every time I stood up, uh, multiple times of passing out, multiple times I had to walk out of sessions just because I could not train because the pressure was so much, it was just making me sick. Um, I had MRI scans, CT scans, um, sight scans, hearing scans, basically any fucking scan that you can think of, um, just to try and find out what the issue was. Now, in that circumstance, we were, we were peak mass, We'd done, I think, three massing blocks already. This was our fourth one and our last one of the of the mezzo before we went into a maintenance deload and then prep. Um, so we, Joe, well, Joe made the executive decision of what's the point in trying to force this mass when it's not optimal. We couldn't push. I couldn't train most days. I was really struggling to hit food because the um, 
The migraines were kicking me up so bad that I was spending most of the day just sleeping. I was probably sleeping around 22, 23 hours most days. I was just literally kind of like up every like 10, 15 minutes to try and eat something. I had to lay back down just because I was so nauseous. Um, so yeah, we decided to take that as maintenance, like prolonged deload, prolonged maintenance. Um, and it was around about six weeks in total um, that that happened and it took it for that for that long, not even that long to settle, that long to start to settle. I'd say it's probably been eight to 10 weeks to it to completely disappear. So obviously we sort of missed the last few weeks of this massing block. We had a maintenance, we had the deload early and then we just had this big extended period of time before we were due to start prep with a little bit of no man's land. We didn't really know, do we do another massing block? Do we start like a real slow diet? Do we, you know, do this insane hypochloric deficit where we can put ourselves in a real fucking prime position um, and put like the opportunity of growth back on the table? And it came from a conversation I was actually having at Joe's when we were training and Joe was doing an RFM himself and the whole thing just fascinated me. I love the nitty gritty. I love the savagery. I love the hard stuff. I love the the, the 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 shit that really makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. The one that people look at and go, ooh, that's a bit of naughtiness. Um, and I was just fascinated with it. And I was just asking Joe loads of questions. He was like, do you want to do it? Fuck yeah, I want to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the things that really test durability, the things that really test mindset. Um, so I wanted to jump at it, 100%. So four weeks on 1,800 calories a day. I think it was about 300, 300, 330 grams of protein, 20 grams of fats, 40 grams of carb. None of it was like direct um, on... Um, from sorry, none of it was direct fats or none of it was direct carbs. It was all from say the meat and the veg. Um, when it comes round to the um, hunger and the level of it, I think the amount of protein that you're eating in the space of a day it keeps you pretty satiated. You you feel pretty full. You feel pretty good to go. Like um, it's more the cravings of the fats that I found probably the most tricky thing. Because you've got no dietary fat coming in, things like nut butter, avocado, um, your like salty meats have definitely been the one that kind of like really, really kicked up the cravings. Um, things like smoked salmon, eggs, they were the things that kind of really, really got me. Um, in regards to energy, energy's been pretty good to be fair. Other than that last week, week four, the last few days of week four, it started to really kind of dissipate. I was I was a bit away with the fairies. Legs were heavy. Sessions became more and more challenging. Um, and then I think kind of, um, I think also that kind of mindset of it's coming to an end now. I, I could push more. If Joe turned around and said, right, do you, want to do, do you want to do another couple of weeks? I would have pushed it. But I think that kind of mindset and coming to a close, you're like, okay, yeah, it's coming to an end now. And I think naturally you, I call it like the, the holiday period, you know when you're at school and you know the summer holidays are coming, you can't be fucked with the last couple of days of school, you're ready to go. Same with work, like when you've got a holiday coming up, you're ready to clock out. I think it's just a mindset of drawing to an end, you know, okay, here we go, we're at the end now, that's done. Um, I think potentially the cravings come a little bit higher then or the focus becomes a little bit harder because you know it's drawing to an end. Um, but other than that, I found it 
enjoyable in a weird, sadistic way. Um, the thing that I found enjoyable about it is that it was challenging. It was hard. It was testing. And I love those things. I love those things when it comes to bodybuilding. That's why I do it. You know, I don't want to do the easy stuff. And I've had this conversation with a couple of clients kind of over the space of this week. I don't use skinny sauces. I don't use skinny syrups. I don't do anything that kind of make things a little bit easier, a little bit nicer because I want, it sounds a bit fucking twisted, but I like the struggle. I like going into something going, right, this is going to be fucking hard, but I want to see if I can do this. And I don't want to do things that make it easier. And like I've said in previous podcasts, that's not a healthy mindset to do. I'm not encouraging people to do that. I'm not one of these bodybuilders that go, bro, boiled chicken and plain broccoli. Like that's, that's not who I am. But you know, if I'm struggling with something, I don't want to have the mindset of going, oh, cool, you know what, I'm just going to like dump loads of skinny syrup in this coffee so it tastes like fucking pure vanilla or salty caramel. Um, you know, I've got my reasons of not wanting to do it. One is the, is the mindset side of it, and two is the the additional xanthia gums and, and additives that could cause digestive stress. I don't want to cause problems. Um, and I also don't want to give myself an easy way out. So, you know, those kind of things, I just enjoy the struggle of it. But, um, yeah, 1,800 calories, I had four high days over those four weeks. Um, so it was eight days low day, two days high, and then I repeated that cycle until the four weeks was over. Um, a high day consisted of three and a half thousand calories, which I believe off the top of my head was 220 protein, four or 500 carb, and I think 40 fats. Um, the, the first two high days I actually had, I had my first high day, and then the second one, I actually didn't want the second high day. I was just ready to get back to low day food and get back to the grind of it all. Um, I probably found that the high day is the worst because in my head I'm like, oh, this is time that I could like drop more weight or I could push harder. Um, and this is why for me I know I need a coach because I'm not the type of person that will choose the easy way. I'll go the hard way or probably do things that are unnecessarily hard or push myself into a hole more than what I need to um, because I just I just want to do more all the time. So for me that's probably the necessity of me needing a coach is that. I've got someone to pull me back and stop me from doing stupid things or pushing too far. Um, but yeah, that was the parameters of the RFL. So it wasn't a true RFL, it was a modified RFL where we did have some fruit. Um, four meals were um, meat and protein, oh, sorry, meat and protein, meat and veg. And then the last meal was just a zero fat yogurt with blueberries. Um, so slightly modified, not just the pure protein of veg model. Uh, but calories were still low enough to create a hypercaloric deficit, um, and I definitely felt that. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much primed us quite nicely now for this next push, and to cue us up for the next parts of prep. So we've still got 24 weeks of this prep. People have been questioning and asking, am I doing secret shows, or is there an unscheduled one that I've just not told anyone and I'm doing sooner? No, there's not. We are competing in September. We, we laughed and joked about... Um, the regional two bros coming this weekend. Um, but I just, I, I wouldn't want, I, one, I'm not ready at all. I want to be fucking peeled for it. Um, and two, I don't want to, um, put myself in a suboptimal position. I want to, I want to utilize every minute of every day that I've got to be the best that I can be ready for September. Um, you know, I've taken two years away from the stage to come back. What classes, something very, very different to see how I would stand in much, much higher shows. Um, you know, I've got no expectations from this year other than just seeing, well, okay, after that two years, where do I stand now? You know, where do I compare against the best of the best at the moment, regionals and pro qualifiers, and see where we go from there? You know, whatever comes from it is is a bonus. And then I'll know, okay, from 2023 to 2024 or 2025, 
what do I need to do to become even better? And that's, that's my progression model or the progressive model I have in my head. What do I need to do now to become better? What more do I need? What time do I need? Um, I think that's going to line us up beautifully for this season as well. Having 24 weeks now in such a sensitive position for growth, such a sensitive position for adaptation now, like drugs at the moment are pretty much maintenance. The only thing we added post-maintenance and deload was 100 milligrams of trend. So uh, the anticorticoid receptor, um, just in regards to a dietary phase for um, reduction of stress or reduction of like catabolic properties. Um, other than that, everything is still very, very low. Training is at maintenance. We've basically got two sets of everything. Um, I'm in the gym like 40 minutes at the moment. So now we wash away this fatigue and increase in food, start putting in those um, hypertrophy adaptations such as training, such as food, such as drugs. Oh my God, like just the thought process of it is gonna be absolutely wacky. So to actually see it happen, very, very excited for these next phases. So I think I've covered basically like the where's, the why's, how I did it. Um, cardio was non-existent, 10K steps every day, pull, push, legs, pull, push, legs, rest. So it was six on, one off. Um, you know, training and maintenance, three reps in reserve, all pretty standard stuff to be fair just to make sure that I wasn't burying myself in shit tons of fatigue. Would I recommend it or does it have a place in bodybuilding or preps or, you know, is it something that can be utilized, you know, going forward? Is it something that's probably going to be an industry standard now? Personally, no, I don't think so. I think the reason why we did it was circumstantial. I think, you know, if you see other people doing it, it potentially might be a more fad thing to do. Because don't get me wrong, it's fucking cool and it's an insane transformation to show. I put up a transformation today, which is the 20th of March. Um, and the visual differences between four weeks is actually wild. Um, so, you know, you might find that coaches start doing it with clients just for a quick, easy churn out of a transformation. Can all people do it? No, I don't think so. I think there definitely has to be certain things in places. Um, you know, if someone's been dieting and then all of a sudden jumps into this rapid fat loss, it's probably going to be quite stressful. Um, I was fresh out of peak mass, like ready to diet, pretty much gagging on food. It was an optimal time for me to do it. Um, and I like doing the hard stuff. I'm, I've never been a food focused person. I don't have cravings. I don't have, um, like issues with food in regards to, um, off plans or anything like that. I, I, even in my off season, I very rarely had off plans because I just love sticking to plan. Um, so for me, it, is, it, it made sense. Um, I can imagine for a lot of people, you can build up a very, very high level of food focus, very, very high cravings. Um, and if they're not managed well through that rapid fat loss, coming out the back of it can be pretty damaging. You know, whether that be from a, a mindset or a psychological point of view, or a detrimental for physique. You know, if you start off your prep in a four or five week rapid fat loss and you haven't built the foundations of food focus and and regimented behavior around food, you could be starting off a prep in a very, very delicate position, um, especially with four weeks added of intense food focus. You then go into the rest of your prep with that food focus. Whether you make it through the prep or not will be, again, your willpower, but coming at the end of it, the food control is just going to be so hard to keep. Um, so I don't think it's there for everyone. I think they're the main considerations that I probably have for people. Would I implement it with a client? I have implemented it with a client in the past with previous preps, but I know his work ethic and he's a fucking robot. Um, it was never going to be an issue with him. 
Anybody else? Probably not. I just don't think there's a time and a place for it for anyone that I've got at the moment anyway. I think it has to be very, very circumstantial. Now, the only other person that I know um, who's nailed this is Leon. And Leon and Joe fucking led from the front with this example. And again, same situation. An opportunity arose which gave them very, very limited time. So they utilized that tool based on risk versus reward. They wanted the reward. They were willing to take the risk. Away they went. Um, and it worked fucking beautifully. Exactly the same as us right here. So, you know, I don't think it's there as a, this is the new prep tool. This is the new fad niche, whatever the fucking word I'm trying to say, um, of prep is. Um, I just think it is a very, very handy tool. We utilize at the right time. It's paid off nicely. We're not doing early shows. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel with new styles of prep. We just wanted to get a shit ton of weight done right at the start and prime us for the next part, which is exactly what's going to happen. So I've got a deload now, first week of a deload, um, or first day of a deload today. Food's gone up, so we're now currently sitting at 3,125. I think it was 220 protein, 400 carb, and I think 50 fat, roughly. I mean, there's a few digits on and off there, so... That's pretty much where we're at. Step still stays at 200. Live politics are all out. Um, drugs still at maintenance until next week. And then we will see what's what. Um, I mean, the fatigue is still very much prominent. I uh, went out for a walk this morning, just legs feel like lead. Definitely feel a bit fuller today from yesterday's carbs because obviously the first day was yesterday. Um, I am doing full day of eating, obviously. That will be before this actually goes live. This will probably go live tomorrow, which is Tuesday the 21st. Um, but yeah, that, my guys, is the rapid fat loss wrapped up. So what's next? We are now, again, reversing, washing away the fatigue. Calories are going to go up, and then we'll see what's what in this next part of the prep. But guys, stay tuned. That is the first part of the wackiness completed in regards to this prep. There is definitely more to come. Um, any questions, any problems, anything you want to know off the back of this, please let me know. Obviously, the whole prep has been managed and overseen by Joe Jeffrey from Physics Collective. Um, Lion McDonald was the first author, creator, um, educator on the rapid fat loss. So plenty of documents and information out there on what he does. Um, other than that, my guys, have a beautiful Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it is you're listening to this. Much love, stay blessed, and I will see you all soon.